0: All right, so welcome to the very first episode of the Football Cult podcast. Uh, my name is MK. I'm going to be your host for this and many more episodes into the future. You know who we are. We love football and uh, we love to talk about it. So a little bit of a background on uh, why we decided to pivot into into a podcast. So uh, this started as a very, very good, I think I'll say a very good football uh, football site, uh, you know, we managed to amass around 13,000 people on Facebook who were following our content and things like that. And it was really, really cool. We enjoyed writing a lot about it uh, until, you know, a lot of people went to their separate ways. So some of the voices that you're going to be hearing on this podcast um, are some of the writers that were on the TFC team. So anyways, we decided to get into uh, podcasting because... We're in a panorama, and uh, it's cool. It's cool to do podcasts these days. So I'm here with Caleb.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you do, man? What do you do? What do you do?
0: Yeah, man. Good to have you. I'm here with uh, Winston as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you, guy. Um... <laughs> dope, dope. Nice to meet <laughs> you. Me or, or the listeners? <laughs> Caleb. And the viewers as well. Listeners.
0: <laughs> dope, dope, dope. So Caleb is in Iraq.
1: Well, you're, you're pronouncing it like an American, but I'll forgive yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Um, Iraqi. It's Iraq on British English, and I'd like to believe I speak British English, but <laughs> it seems like the hip hop is slowly getting into your veins and you're losing your soul. We'll forgive you for that one.
0: Yeah, man. Hey, and uh, Winston is in <laughs> Bulgaria.
2: Yeah, yeah. Studies.
0: How's it going, man? It's
2: been great, man. Like, um, I like the atmosphere. It's near the beach as well, and the people are <clears throat> welcoming, and yeah, I, I like it all. Ah,
0: dope, 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 dope. I like it, man. All right, dope stuff. All right, cool. So off air, I was actually asking Caleb which team he supports and just talking about if it costs me my mental health, I don't want it. Like, okay. Uh, peace peace be unto you, brother. All right, cool. All so, I know dope. is
1: unlike other teams, my team is con is consistent. And we are not under any illusion that we are a big team. We're not, unlike other people who still assume that they're a big team when they've been playing Europa League for the <laughs> last five seasons in the eight years. We're, we are okay being that teenager that never realizes their potential and we're absolutely fine with it.
0: Interesting. There's like two teams, I'm thinking, that could fit that mold.
1: Let, let's hear it. Prophesy men of God. Let's hear it.
2: I think it's City. Wister, what do you think? Spurs or Arsenal, but Arsenal. <laughs> it looks like he's been through a lot, so Arsenal. I think a hey, su- but-
0: supports City now. You are probably an Arsenal
2: fan. No, so- I'm
1: definitely still an Arsenal fan. And, and I promise to give you guys my, my top five Hall of Fame because a lot of nonsense going around with people who just watched football yesterday and believe yeah. that we talk about Hall of Fames. <laughs> Oh and my god. Yeah, but anyways, anyways, I'm proudly arsenal. <laughs> am never going back. So remain steadfast. 17 years without winning any league title. It's fine. We'll be fine and we'll be okay. We're just halfway oh, through 30 wow. year streak, so don't even talk about us. <sighs> you got
2: this, man. You got this, man. You got yeah, yeah. this. I I mean, it's, it's just you been. Need a good transfer window and you're like you're back in you're back in the fold. Could have been worse. I think you know what
1: work. you sound like you, when you say we need a good transfer window. You sound oh, yeah. like that guy, you know, that boyfriend who everybody is always saying like, ah, man, you're dating him, but he ain't got nothing. It's not happening. And he always says, no, 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 I'm getting my big break tomorrow. You know, I just need a new job and I'll be okay, no, be okay. no, um, I think, <laughs> I think we're going through a lot and just let us be. Um, Yeah, but look, I love to talk sport and linked up with life in between. So yeah, it's Uh, still the it. Let's let's get it.
0: it. And that's that's what we're going to get into, man. That's what we're going to get into. Cool, man. So uh, the English Premier League wrapped up uh, the season, the 2020 to 2021 season. And there was a lot of drama. Um, I think as far as the title race goes, that was pretty much a foregone conclusion at, at around, what, January, February? I think it was it was pretty clear. It was pretty clear um, who was going to win. The big the big question was like in the top four, like who was going to make the top four? And man, we have we have some su- surprising standings as, <coughs> as things wrapped up on Mesh day thirty eight with Liverpool winning uh, at home to Crystal Palace, uh, managing to sneak into third place. Um, Chelsea as well losing to Aston Villa but still managed to finish. Uh, fourth, Leicester City losing to Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, so there's a theme there about London teams uh, doing each other solid. Uh, what did you think, gentlemen? Uh, do you think the top four uh, race um, was, was the new title race?
1: So just just say it in order again, in case there's somebody who still is doubt how it ended, you know? <laughs> no oh, yeah. From so Manchester City, here.
0: Cool. Manchester City finished uh, ch- as champions on 86 points. Uh, United coming on second with seventy four, Liverpool with sixty nine, Chelsea uh, sixty seven on fourth, Leicester City on fifth with sixty six points, uh, and then it was West Ham and Tottenham, Arsenal on eighth. So
1: you just had to four. stop on eighth, didn't you? I said top four, but <laughs> you decided <just> to.
0: <laughs> I wanted to. Re- I wanted to represent all parties. I wanted to represent all parties present. So yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, number five and number three. Uh, separated by three points, so that's that's how wild it was. Um, how are you feeling? How are you feeling going into what were your predictions before Mesh day thirty eight?
1: I let the men in Bulgaria go first. It's interesting to hear his <laughs> thoughts, man.
2: Now Muku Muku knows this. Um, we had our predictions back at the beginning of the season, and uh, I had the top four correct, the top two correct. It's just Chelsea and Liverpool. I had. Liverpool fourth. I had a feeling they were going to struggle this season and they kind of did, but credit to them, they pulled up the final game of the season, final few games of the seasons. So, yeah. yeah,
0: that was wild. I, I did not see that coming, man. I did see yeah. that coming. <sighs> How many first choice center backs? Four? They, they had, Cinepics. like, so many. like Yeah, so, so know, many. Games throughout, throughout the season. And yeah. it, it was just so, so bad. Uh, but you know everything. Everything worked out in the end, I guess. But
2: yeah. me, I, I hate that. Yeah, they they had it lucky um last season though. Like they were the only big team that didn't really struggle with injuries. So the law of averages, it was it was it was coming.
1: Well, I, I think it's testament to Jürgen Klopp. He's Jürgen Klopp strikes me as. I think I'm I'm talking to three African boys here. You know when we say our African moms are born from the same house, you know that you yes. are similar. He strikes yeah. me as a typical African mom who likes things a certain way and will wake up on a Saturday morning on on let's say Africa Day and wake the whole house up and say the house is dirty let's clean it up you know? <laughs> he 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 sounds he sounds like that dude and by that i mean he's he, he looks like an intense and exhausting individual to work under so the liverpool thing is a fatigue thing um, you, you could see that the injuries were coming in from a, both a mental and a physical fatigue because they had three intense seasons and yeah and they they slowly then got back into their groove quite later into the season because i think there was a little bit of taking the foot off the pedal there when he realized that his squad was disintegrating but i think they have some tough calls to make before they they get to next season i say get rid of more salah Uh, what yes i i say i do agree um you know what the the best breakups happen a year earlier um the rule is you want to leave the dance floor when every, everybody is still looking at you. I think the more Salah thing ended, um, they need to let him go now. Um, okay.
0: What, what, are, what are the reasons aside for, he's had a great run and it's time to freshen up things or whatever. Like what, what is your thinking behind
1: he, that? He, He's starting to getting injured. He likes a good injury now. Okay. Um, I think that's, that's the first thing you need to look at. And number two, i go back I, I just finished reading two two sports books the one is rugby related the other one is the um is the ferguson biography and the thing he talked about there was when he was coaching he said leave your ego at home not at the door because at the door you can come and pick it up you know but if right. you leave it at home and Mo salah strikes me as a guy who going forward will not be part of that cohesive liverpool we never walk alone um, f- um philosophy a little bit of A selfish thing going on there Mm -hmm. a little bit of i'm the dude going on there and i think that run has had its run and they need to let him go and bring somebody in who is going to play second fiddle to said your money and allow money to slowly move into being the guy
2: yeah really the same
0: said your money who was giving attitude problems
2: and 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 things like that the one who who bickers about being substituted i believe yeah I, i agree with caleb because um there came a point in the season where the team was so struggling so bad. They needed everyone working like on the same wavelength, and Mane realized that. And his attacking output really suffered because he was coming back more to craft side for the team. And then I don't think Salah. Salah wasn't really helping. He was the one that was just finishing everything off. If you Absolutely. see both both Bobby both Mane's for uh, attacking output suffered. Only only Salah's. Um, didn't he doesn't really offer anything in defense? And like Caleb says, it's best to move on from him. Get someone.
0: You're replacing over 30 goals a season, right? And we all know that strikers this you know these days are really hard to come by. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like okay fine. So you make you make this person your your guy, right? You you, you make your, you make him your guy then you move him okay fine but who do you replace him with who comes in to fit in cohesively there. in that team there.
1: and frankly speaking i don't care who comes um primarily because yegan klopp is used to when he was coaching at borussia dortmund he was basically the academy for bayern munich all his best players that he created would go to bayern munich and he competed in that league like consistently the point the point i'm trying to make is Sergio Mane is suffering from the same disease that Lionel Messi suffered at the year when Ronaldinho was at Barcelona and was slowly becoming a cancer. Ronaldinho was not let go because he had stopped producing. He was let go because he was not conducive for the team environment. Fair and, enough. And that's 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 the reason why Mo Salah needs to go. He he doesn't work back. He 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 wants to be the guy. And he likes a good injury. Injured now is injured later. And and frankly speaking, and frankly speaking with what Liverpool are trying to do, well, if they want to fight until game 38 and see whether or not they make it to the top three or top four, keep Mo Salah, do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. We know that the greatest philosophers have called that insanity, but I think they need to let Mo Salah go.
0: Interesting stuff. I'm a, I'm a little bit hesitant uh, on that one. It's
2: also- created a bit of animosity that uh, you can tell Bobby and Mane aren't really happy anymore. I don't know. Prop has his favourites and you'd never bench or the minute you see Mane and Mane and Bobby um not doing what they're supposed to be doing due to the reasons mentioned before, they get, they get pulled off or subbed or don't even start some of the games, whereas Salah seems to be untouchable and you can tell they're not happy with that yeah they're not
0: okay so let's talk about a club that has been the people's club uh, for uh, the last two seasons that's leicester city um after um, (laughs) 2000 after 2019 2020 you know um it was it was it was on everyone's lips brendan rogers this doing a great job um could have finished third um didn't make top four this season as well could have finished fourth, could have finished third. Um still I uh, didn't make top four. My question to you, uh, gentlemen, uh, is Rogers forever the jinxed one? Smoko? Uh
3: oh, well, I think it's uh it's a it's a yes or no type of scenario, maybe. Because if we put Liverpool aside, right? Every other job where Brendan Rogers has had that, you know, that opportunity to to do his thing. He's not had much, much money to work with, right? And he's had to, he's put together some, some pretty impressive squads, I would say, using limited resources. And that's kind of the situation as well right now at Leicester. So whether or not he's jinxed now, it's a question of maybe he just doesn't have that extra bit of quality to get him over the line. Like in the case of Leicester, maybe he didn't. Remember, there's a time when they had, I think, Vardy out injured and quite a few other players were, were unavailable for him. And I think they had a pretty bad run at some point. I'm not sure if I'm remembering last season, maybe. I'm not remembering yeah, last yeah, season.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, when they had yeah. to play uh, Ayose Perez.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, like, look, if you're, if you're up against it and it's pendy when I was a Paris for Hadric. Yeah, you're like you're unlikely to get it, right? So like <laughs> I think it's a bit, it's a bit harsh to put it down like that. Perhaps maybe if we see him at another big job, then we can we can have a better idea just how much of the jinxed one he is.
2: Otherwise, right. I mean,
3: it's it's really, I think it's a bit premature to call it that.
1: Interesting. Caleb, what do <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, first and foremost, I must just start and say I'm a big Leicester City sympathizer um, in terms of them as an organization. I think they punch above their own weight from the Claudio Ranieri uh-huh. days starting from then. They're actually the guy who Tottenham thinks they are. Jamie Vardy is the guy who Harry Kane <laughs> should have been. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. wow. And look, listen, Tottenham <laughs> has not won anything under the face of the earth since Instagram has been a thing. So we're, we're talking facts here. We have the
0: head. Okay, cool, cool. Brendan Rogers. Top
3: scored and at the most assists. To, to Brendan Rogers. He's never done that.
1: <laughs> to Brendan Rogers, though. Brendan Rogers is the guy that dates the girl for four years and doesn't get married to the girl. And the guy who the <laughs> girl has met three months before gets married and they have three kids and they're the perfect couple. Their YouTube channel has 50,000 <laughs> subscribers and each video gets liked by 15,000 different people in 25 different countries. That's right. that's basically who Brendan Rogers is. He's not a bad dude. He's just not meant to be that guy that takes the team to the next level and it's, it's 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 unfortunate that that's who he is but i also want you to understand that the guy who dates the girl for 3 years is doing it because the girl is staying around for one reason that guy is stable and <laughs> human beings like stability because we want to stay with what we know because we've been told that the devil you know is better than the devil you don't you listen don't. to it the devil, whether you know him or not, is still the devil. But that's another, <laughs> another day. But Brendan Rodgers brings a calming head to the team that I think the Leicester management is 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 is, is fond of having. And we saw what that does in the FA Cup. He's the kind of guy where the team, even if they're not doing so well, a spectacular goal will come because belief is never lost and then they win in a cup through final like character. That I did. through yeah. character. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's the guy whose friends put money together so that he can take the girl out for a holiday in the Maldives because he's such a great guy, but he's just not pulling his weight financially. That's why he doesn't get married to the girl. And it's, it's nothing to say that he's a bad dude. It's just to say that he's playing out of his league. And that's just what I think about Brennan Rogers. But I think Leicester as an organization is, is brilliant. I think if I, were yeah. him, I would take notes from Leicester
0: absolutely absolutely and mm-hmm. and you know a top um because you know i can't pronounce his full second last name um great great owner and they love him they they, they really do um so then fine that's that's set in stone they're a really great organization and whatnot very good owners who run the club um but but then my question is at at what point uh winston do they say um yeah like okay, we're not growing with you. Like, what are their ambitions? At what time do you think they're going to say, okay, this is enough now. Uh, we need it. We need a change. Because this guy keeps doing well. They recruit well. Uh, they buy cheap. They sell big. Um, they play good football. They have a very, I think, an underrated, tactically astute manager. Everything is there. It's a feel-good club. Um, but still, um, when it comes to that Champions League spot, At what point does the management, you know, say, okay, okay,
2: maybe this this is not working? I do I do think that FA Cup winners bought him more time because if they hadn't won that, I think yeah, they probably start questioning because you can't spend two hundred days in two different seasons in the top four and not make it each time. That's just you don't. (laughs) It's not acceptable. But also again, like exactly eight or three years and not get married. (laughs) i don't know how the i wouldn't be able to tell you how the the owners feel about that whether they're they feel like they're overachieving um if in relative to the teams they have around them like chelsea and them but then i mean you've shown that you've got enough quality to be in the top four it's it's a mentality thing so the fa cup them winning it in the manner they did 1-0, 1-0 holding on to the to the to the win till the very death has yeah. bought in time, but I don't know it'll go on for too long. Look how it, um Nuno it ended with Nuno. They were finishing seventh, they got promoted, finished seventh, sixth at some point, I think. And they were doing well, but then things just got stagnant and they didn't challenge for anything in the FA Cup. They made it close a few times. So um I I'd say a couple of maybe another season if he does this again. I think they might actually...
3: like. There's maybe one thing which we also have to remember to put things in like a proper perspective or context, which is that when Leicester City fired his Claude Puel, I believe it was, I remember there was quite a bit of uproar because everyone was saying, well, why are you firing this guy? He's getting the job done, you know. He's keeping you up. He's, you know, you're not playing the best football or whatever, but he's getting the job done here in the Premier League. And I remember something which the sentiment that was going around was that the Leicester city realized that, okay, look, we're not that team. That's going to challenge for the premier league. Yes, we want it, but we're not exactly that team. That's going to challenge it for that. And we will barely be able to trouble the top four. So they said they wanted to bring in someone who would at least run the club properly and get them playing a nice brand of football. Because I remember Claude Puel's football was being, you know, criticized heavily. So, that's exactly what Brendan Rodgers came in and did. So if we're looking at it from will they keep him, these guys weren't even exactly trying to get in the top four when they got him, right? He's basically just upgraded what expectations they can have have because of how good of a job he's done. So I think with taking that into context as well, I don't see them sucking him anytime soon.
0: Yeah, possibly, possibly so. Strong finishes are something that Rodgers is not renowned, you know, renowned for. Uh, we saw it at Liverpool. At Leicester, it <laughs> seems to be the same uh, thing. So I think, yeah, I think the last time he had a really glorious finish was when they got promoted with Swansea. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. But um, we're talking of teams finishing strong. So what's happening at Chelsea? Um, started well, doing well under two holes, still mm-hmm. defensively solid. A little miss here. What do, you, what do you think is the reason they're having sort of a late Jekyll and Hyde season, um, going, especially going into the Champions League final?
3: Verna.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I have mixed feelings about Chelsea because I think they they intentionally sucked themselves in into a certain drama that they were not supposed to. Firstly, with the Frank Lampard appointment. I think that was more more of a a sentimental appointment before he was ready to take on such a big club which could have actually ruined him as a coach because i think he will be known as the guy that got sacked from chelsea now and not the the dude that did wonders before he came to chelsea and um i I think chelsea picked a struggle And I don't think they even realize that they picked a struggle. I think they picked the Champions League struggle somewhere in the middle of the season and in their minds begin to prioritize that. I don't think it looked like that on paper in terms of the teams that they brought out, but it looked like that when they were playing, you could sense this feel of we're looking forward towards the Champions League because I think they had an idea that they have a chance. And they didn't realize that happening and it translated to their poor performances. in, in the Premier League, and as well as what what happened in the in the in the final there, but also when you lose to a goal like that, I think it's okay. If if a guy comes, takes your girl, and you're driving a, and he's driving a Lamborghini like marvelous, <laughs> like that, I think that's life. But the, the 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 point is, I I actually think to the contrary, Chelsea didn't do too badly because they they extremely did well in all the three competitions, the main ones that they were involved in but I just think that expectation is a killer. I think they were unable to carry that expectation. The greatest teams and the greatest players come through when the expectation is high. Um, but also, to go back, man, you must get rid of Pogba, but
2: we'll talk about that. But anyway. Yeah, what
0: do you, what do you think, Winston?
2: Um, I agree with him. I think they've... bought the way they probably should be. I think they bought a lot of players off hype, and you know my views on, the, on them, Muku. Um, I don't think many of them actually fit the way they're trying to play or are actually good enough people like I'll go out the topic for another day but like I don't think Kai Havertz and Ziyech and them are going to do anything wonderful there to help them win anything maybe they might win the Champions League and it will all blow up in my face but no I think they have Mm -hmm. a good strike of Tammy Abraham and Giroud there that barely Mm -hmm. play Mm -hmm. they have they have a team, they have Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's really good, I think. Given enough game time, I think, to be way more productive than Ziyech or Pulisic. But he's just, not, it's, it's not been given enough game time. Why? Because they've paid a lot of money for the, the likes of Werner, the likes of Pulisic, Ziyech and Havertz. And what have they done for him? What have they done for Chelsea? Nothing. Like, Bruno Fernandes has like 18 Premier League goals. Werner, Ziyech... Harvards and them all combined have like sixteen. The top goal scorer is, is Jorginho Surprising. with seven or something like some crazy stat. <laughs> so we, again, they, also to do with the, the the expectations and stuff, they need to. They expected more than what in reality they could get, and I believe they are where they are.
0: Yeah, interestingly enough, I do think though that next season, um, once they are settled, then um. You know, they, they're going to be challenges. I think the team is just lacking one. They're just one striker away, maybe a center half as well as backup. And, you know, they could be back um, challenging yeah, the title. They're
3: also not not playing 2 whole football yet, right? Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's really just been trying to do this whole hyper-pragmatic kind of Ernesto of Valverde type of football. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that once he gets a transfer window, and he nice gets to maybe have a good preseason with these players. We'll probably see Chelsea playing a lot more like we saw at least PSG playing sometime last season. Yeah,
0: possibly. Possibly. I think it's I think it's definitely possible. Another team that's gone under the radar. Um Manchester United finishing second, finishing a whole season unbeaten or well, away. away. Away they finished <laughs> 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 they finished unbeaten away. Um Ole has done a great job. Um
2: does anyone disagree?
3: Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a mixed bag with Ollie to be honest, man. Because, yes, he's, he's, he's done well to finish second, definitely. But then when you look at other teams that finished behind him, they were not exactly performing at, you know, a high standard or anything like that. Manchester United themselves, I wouldn't really say that for the entirety of the season they performed at a high standard. What Ole has done, though, is he's done a good job of making United a a difficult team to beat. They have been harder for teams to to get the better of, you know, like, aside from maybe that blowout against Spurs, I don't really remember a game where Man United were, like, chasing shadows or, you know, getting smacked around. So if we're talking about making United a harder team to beat, then, yeah, Ole has done a a great job.
1: Yeah, but... (sighs) Come on, we can't talk Manchester United and making it a harder team to beat in the same sentence. <laughs> um, well, that's with, where they were in life, man. Exactly. And it's the, uh, it's like comparing Manchester United to Aston Villa. If Aston Villa says we want to be difficult to <laughs> beat, I totally agree. They must get the best defensive midfielders around and best center. <laughs> Olegana Solskjaer, he still has a question mark for me. Is he a leader of men? Because we've seen that for Manchester United to function, they need a guy who is willing to stick out to his guns and make the big calls, and doesn't care about what the public says. I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is that guy. And they, they, they've got, I've, got, I've got huge opinions on this, by the way. I think they've got a couple of boxes they need to tick before the season starts again. Number one, they need to get two world-class centre-backs. They're not going to win the league unless they they get two world-class centre-backs. That whole um, Phil Jones, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw defence for me... But they
3: have the world's most expensive centre-back, bro.
1: Well, look, 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 look. Um, a lot of things in the world are expensive, right? But that doesn't mean that you're getting the value for what you're paying for. Um, Dubai is one of the most expensive places to live, but I wouldn't live there. Um, no offence. I'm just saying... For for a long time, Namibia, Vintuk had one of the the highest rentals in the world. But I don't think Vintuk is on the top five most visited cities in the world. I, I think Manchester United have a propensity to spend money where it's not supposed to go. They also need to sort out that midfield. Pogba needs to go. We've had him for six seasons. He's mediocre. He's never been the guy. He will never be the guy. He's a ball of potential that will remain a ball of potential at 40 years. Nkolo Nkante was looking after him in the French team, so he looked good. He's not the guy. They need to find another guy. Daguerre probably passed his cell by date. They need to make a plan. And they also need an world class striker. I know there's the, you've got Rashford there. You've got, you've got Rashford, and they're talking about Mason Greenwood. The kid is 1920. The Premier League is one of the most brutal, brutal spaces in world sport that you can ever play in terms of media management, in terms of managing expectation. I don't think the kid is there yet. They throw him in the deep end. Next year, he drowns. They they need to buy a world-class striker. Cavani, he's there, but he's he shouldn't be the guy that you're starting for 28 out of the 38 matches that you're playing. He should be the guy that you bring on When you need that goal in the eight in Fergie time, you talk of the Dimitar Berbatovs of this world, the Michael Owens. Remember when Ferguson had had that weird run where he used to get those late goals? Exactly. Even Olegana Solskjaer himself was that dude when he played. so, I, I think Manchester United, reality needs to hit. They've played Europa for the last five years in the last eight seasons. They are not a big team anymore. They're just an arsenal that's a little bit overachieving and they need to accept Whoa. and buy more players.
2: We don't need another striker, a world-class striker. Because, look, Spurs have Kane. What have they won? They have Son. What did they do? Our our For a good chunk of the season, our front three had one of the highest... Um, um, goal goal um, involvements in Europe. So, and City won the league with a full. The, how many games did Aguero play? How many games did they play? They played a lot of their games with. Isn't Gundogan they main, the top striker? We don't really need that, and they're in the Champions League final. I believe We just need a one right winger and one centre back. I'll name them. Uh, that's going to be essential. Why? Because we, we want a fluid front three, right? We Rashford can play right wing, can play left wing, can play number nine. Yeah, like I don't. Caleb kind of really made it seem like we're well, way worse than we are. but not. Like no, I think your had... competition,
1: your competition has been as bad, so you look good. You know, if you, if you, if I you put so me too. in the D class, I, I wasn't yeah, an intelligent like... dude. You put me in the D class, I become the A star student in there, and mm-hmm. that's that's what Manchester United looks like. Chelsea has not been great. Leicester yep. have been. Nonchalant been uh, Leicester. Liverpool just had a strong finish and a stroke of luck worked for them. Arsenal has been poor. You're really trying to compete with Man City and are you able to do that? I don't think so.
2: no. The same Man City that haven't beaten us in the league, you know, for two years. Same well, Chelsea that haven't beaten us in the league. That's why I you know, said this,
3: all he's done is make United harder to beat exactly
2: because no, under that no, team no. argument, there's been, been genuine improvement we came from sixth in his first half season we then finished third 66 points we then finished second points wise there has been an improvement chelsea because everybody who, else
1: has been poor i i no. think you say you manchester city hasn't beaten you the year leicester won the league we were the only team that didn't lose to them so that argument really doesn't determine <laughs> whether or not you're a better team I just think Man is existing in this bubble where they still think that they am the Man of old for, for yeah. crying out loud, you've got Pogba as your highest talked about player in that team. The guy can't stay fit for 22 games. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think ah. you guys need to get a reality check and you need to realize that you're not the guy who you guys think you are really, and really fix your actual problems.
3: is Probably like what, uh, Caleb was describing Brendan Rogers as, you know, like he's the guy who's stayed with you for three years. Now, like you need to leave him and cause that,
0: that'll
2: be it. An that, that'll be we've interesting. been in like four semifinals in, we've been in four semifinals in just over a year and we've lost but them not for winning. a number of reasons, but that's, yeah, but that's genuine improvement. The way the team has developed from when Jose was there, from when Van Hal was there, this team has improved and I don't think it's down to, um, other teams being as bad? Because, no, it's not down to that. Mention Pogba. Pogba, yes, (laughs) he has had the injuries. All right, all right, cool,
1: cool. Now, let's move on. I feel like I want to put one last thought in that one. Improvement (laughs) has
3: been there. That's what I was trying to say. If you compare with last season, yes, there has been an improvement. But what I'm saying is that it looks like a bigger improvement than it is because the other three or so teams that were competing for that second spot with United have been terrible.
1: Exactly. They're, they're Manchester United. We're not talking about Aston Villa that can say we've improved. We're not talking about Leicester that came from <laughs> zero and won the league. We're talking about one of the most successful clubs in the history of the Premier yeah. League. Team you that guys,
3: be challenging for that you guys league.
1: talking about improvement is blasphemy. If it's, if it's honestly speaking, it's it's Arsenal who's allowed to talk about improvement. They've done nothing for the last 17 years. Like, you guys should be challenging men. You need to be thinking, can Pogba play at the same level as Kevin De Bruyne? That's what the conversation you guys should be having. Not necessarily, yeah, say, we were fifth, now we're third. You sound like a guy who's saying, promote me, I come to work every time on time. No, we pay you to do that. We expect Manchester <laughs> United to do well. Wow. I think that's that's just the reality.
0: Uh, European roundup across the leagues. We start with Serie Inter Milan uh, confirmed champions. Well, that was you know, four missed days um, ago. Inter, um, with AC Milan uh, beating Atalanta uh, 2-0 to finish second back uh, in the Champions League um, since uh, 2011. Um, and uh, Atalanta finishing third, again overachieving Juventus by the skin of their teeth. Uh, managed to finish fourth and uh napoli uh sadly who could not beat verona uh finished fifth and uh gennaro gattuso has been sacked he was sacked via twitter and uh (laughs) you he is confirmed to be the new fiorentina manager so hey the man the man the man can't stay jobless getting Uh, back he's getting back yeah he's getting back for days (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. Ah, cool. Uh, we, we're all happy that Juve is back in the Champions League because Agnelli was going to create another Super League.
3: I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I just wanted to really see where Juve would go with the Super League angle if they didn't make the Champions League.
1: <laughs> Caleb? <laughs> um, I think it's good for Juve to be in the Champions League primarily because it creates better matches. Um... The, the 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 super league list we forget that knew as part of the shenanigan because they couldn't make the Champions League. Let's see if now they'll talk about super league, but that's another discussion. Mm-hmm. But basically, I I think it's 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 good for football for Juve to be playing well and to be in the Champions League. Um, I'm I'm not happy for them, but I'm just glad for football in general that that happened as well as AC. I think that's that's just good.
2: It makes for better games. I'm happy that Juventus and um, Milan are back in it. Yeah.
3: Bring in the black magician, man. Give us Zizu at at Juve. I really want to see that, honestly speaking. Just because, you know, someone else needs to be baffled by his black magic and now he manages to just squeeze performances in big matches out of the (laughs) players that shouldn't even be playing at that level sometimes, you know. (laughs) I'm tired of that happening in La Liga. So, yeah, it would be great to see what he can do, especially in the Champions League. You know we can put Sari's theory of Juve being first to the test, so yeah, that'll be, that'll be pretty good.
0: All right, moving on to uh, League One, uh, Lille, um first time champions in eleven years. Great stuff there um, from uh, Gatlin and the team. Uh, they managed to beat PSG um, to the <laughs> title, finishing on eighty-three points. <laughs> Mauricio Pochettino in his first half season um with Paris Saint-Germain and do we blame him do we blame him here
3: yeah I think we blame him no it's
0: I think
1: it's unfair um, no like
3: for me I think you blame him because he played Leo
1: and lost to them I don't think that's his problem um the, the, the but if best... he won
3: it would have been his merit right
1: well if um mm-hmm. if if I, I think the bus at PSG is broken and they keep changing the drivers and expecting different results. Um, here, here's the point, folks. Um, you get to a certain point in life where the cool guy in high school who wears ripped jeans and the latest Jordan shoes with the latest t-shirts from hip hop center, whatever in America is not the guy who's going to raise your kids. The whole flair thing at PhD does not work. You need proper athletes who are willing to play to win, who are not for this Instagram, and who get injured every single time their sisters have birthdays. You need adults in the room, and you need grown-up <laughs> folks. You can date a supermodel, but you'll be frustrated the Sunday the Sunday evening she says she's going for drinks with her girlfriends, and tomorrow is work, and you need to leave the house at seven. At some point, you've got to start being adults. <laughs> PSG, what are they doing competing with Lil with that whole budget? Honestly speaking, it's embarrassing. It's a shambles. It's a disaster class. Shouldn't we, worst, be,
3: shouldn't we be praising Lil here maybe a bit more? I, I think so too, man. No. Praise no, the than. No, no, no. Have you seen what they've done with the money that they made from selling Pepe, selling Gabriel? And who's this yeah. other guy that's Big money. I mean, these guys,
0: these th- guys have Renato Sanchez. They've <laughs> uh, Boraciumas, y- y- who's like, you know, and they've jo- they've Andre Jose Fonte, Fonte, Fonte at thirty-seven. Yeah. Come on, man! I mean, at least it's admirable it's 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 not supposed
1: to be happening it's not supposed to be happening i think kudos to lil for doing that but this is psg's league to lose every season with that kind of budget and unfortunately i'm not gonna sympathize with them i'm not gonna i think it's amazing that lil won the league we all like a good fairy tale story and it makes for good newspaper articles and journalists get paid a million bucks for writing things that we already know and good cliches but the (laughs) point is the point is Lille should not be even in a position to compete. They should be blown out the park by that PSG team with the number of dollars that they have in their pocket. But when the system is broken, and I think this, this goes to every person out there. If you go into an organization, if the system is broken, no amount of talent that you have can improve that place. PSG is broken. Flair is not everything, folks. They need to sort out that place. It needs a whole engine overall. In in fact, throw out the whole workshop and get a new workshop.
0: I, fair enough. Fair enough. I think <laughs> but like, I, I agree on the grit. I, I, I don't this Instagram team, I don't like it. I don't I don't like what they represent. These are the people who celebrate winning a group, a group match in um, Champions League, and, and they post it all over <laughs> their socials. Um, it's it's Honest. it's embarrassing.
3: No, you're just it, using feelings, MK.
1: What do you think? They can't like, win okay. the French league. The we're not talking about the PS, the, the EPL. We're not talking about um, Syria. It's the French league.
3: Okay, guys, this this one thing which I'd probably like to bring our attention to, right? Especially when we're looking at Liga, because it's pretty easy to say, "Well, PSG should always be in this position." To win it and whatnot, but I think we really do need to give proper credit to how much of an improvement there has been in the, the other teams because this time around there was a four there was a four way title race at some point right
0: yeah it was, PSG, uh, Monaco
3: coming it into- was Leo it was Monaco Mon- it was Lyon right and if yeah. you look at the last four season of of the of Liga A PSG finished on 91 points the next best team finished on 75 points, right? But this time around, the team that won the league, which was Leo finished on 83, PSG 82, and those other guys were just like maybe about... 78. Yeah, 76. 78, 76. So you could even argue that those 91 points dropping to 83 is because PSG failed to beat teams like Lyon, teams like Leo this time around, teams like Monaco. Because those teams have actually made that improvement to be able to take points off of PSG now.
1: Well, because yeah, PSG is allowing for it to happen. i it's
3: not allowing for it to happen. It's almost like what was happening, what what's happening in the Premier League as well, or what happened a few years ago when Guardiola just came in and everyone was starting to step it up
1: well psg's fights for low-hanging fruit like mk have said they think winning a group match in the champions league is a national is a national event worth broadcasting about so then the league stops being a priority I, i i just think those guys have their heads in the wrong place they need to get men in there. They've got a bunch of teenagers and kids in that dressing room and it's not going anywhere. They're going to be paying all those people a lot of money and they're not going to be getting any production. They'll play beautiful football, which is mm-hmm. nice to see. Guys, the shades, the flat cap, and the slang ain't going to pay the bills. You need them <laughs> in the house. Yeah,
0: man. Uh, quick quote on Monaco, man. Shout out to uh, Nico Kovač. He did He did great. He did, wow, he Matt, did really great. Master, yeah, man, he did. He did great. Uh, I think. And maybe if I can just Monaco-
3: like add one little thing to what Caleb has said, just in in agreement with him, I think that yeah. uh, the PSG culture it starts actually with their owners. They're probably the ones who allowed this situation to go as much as far as it is and become as bad as it is. Because if you compare them with the other Arab money team in Manchester City, the way Manchester City is run, players like the type of attitude and the type of, you know, histrionics we see at PSG, those things wouldn't be tolerated at Manchester City. But these are both, you know, big money, Mm -hmm. Arab money teams. So I think it starts with the owners of PSG, what they've allowed that team to become, allowing Mbappe to say, look, I want to have enough power to choose the next manager in my next contract, all that kind of stuff. Uh,
0: Quick one, who has been your best player in Europe, Caleb?
1: Um... Europe outside of England, because I still have a P- EPL Hall of Fame. I wanted to run past you guys. <laughs> no, that's
0: cool. Um, just, just give me one player first.
1: Including EPL, including EPL. Yep. Um,
2: KDB. Yeah, Winston. Bruno Fernandes, the best player in the Premier oh. League. Oh my goodness. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh god. Um,
1: <laughs> Smoko, what's up? Ah, uh, bro, Lewandowski for me. Like that
3: guy has just been ridiculous this season. Yeah, uh, uh, he's he's been he's been crazy.
0: All right, Caleb. Uh, give me three people you would induct into your hall of fame. No,
1: dude, why are you cutting me short? Because I support Arsenal or what? I've got five. I've got five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, give me, give me give me give me five. Give me and, five. And and I've got a whole thing for it. So uh, here's here's what I think, guys. Um the Hall of Fame has got <laughs> nothing to do about longevity. It's got nothing to do about how long the person has played and don't get the fans voting on it because we know what Socrates said. He said democracy is broken because you can't have every vote counting the Salah time.
3: will end up in the Hall of Fame if fans
1: Exactly vote. if Salah <laughs> and Cristiano Ronaldo will make the Hall of Fame if you allow the fans to vote. And hint hint Winston. Okay, coming in at number five. Five league titles. He was essential to the three-peat from 2007-2009. He was the best center back in the Premier League. I think he's the best CB the Premier League has ever seen. It's Vidic. You can't have a Hall of Fame and not have Vidic in that Hall of Fame. Everything else is malarkey. It's nonsense. We don't want to hear it. Okay. At number four, statistically the best player the Premier League has ever seen. Men amongst boys. The cliche says many are called, but few are chosen. This guy is fifth all time goal scorer on the Premier League list and number four when it comes to assists. He was doing both before anybody was doing it. Come on, folks! No one has ever done this more than West Ham legend, Chelsea legend Frank Lampard, coming in at number four. It's, it's not uh, a discussion. It's not a discussion. Coming in at number three. Listen, the top three. You put those three first, then you can have a discussion on anybody else. Like I said, it's not a longevity discussion. It's who, it's about ability. 13 league titles. Look at the goal in the treble season in 1999 versus Arsenal. Box to box, the best winger the Premier League has ever seen. He is Gareth Bale before Gareth Bale was born. He is Cristiano Ronaldo, who he should have been or who the guy he thinks is. Cristiano Ronaldo is great, but when it comes to wingers, Nobody beats this guy, 13 Premier League titles. The thing has been going on for, I think, 29 years, the Welsh wizard, Ryan Giggs. You you, you can't argue about that. Go argue with your grandparents, I'm not having it. (laughs) Coming in at number two, coming in at number two, all great teams for them to succeed need a guy who's able to deal with the egos. You need a leader of men, you need a general, you need a guy who's willing to take everybody to the cleaners. He's believed that he even beat up his own teammates when they were not behaving like adults coming in at number two, greatest ability ever in the premier league I've ever seen because of his lack of a little bit of discipline. He can't be the greatest Roy Keane, number two, mm. you can't have a hall of fame without him coming in at number one, folks nobody had this amount of ability we can't talk about what he has achieved as a premier league we know him he he was scoring 30 goals before it was a thing for fun um famously known for wearing gloves during winter one of the reasons why Arsenal can still be relevant today, because of that invincible <laughs> season, couldn't do it and win the Champions League for them. But coming in at number one, the greatest Premier League of all time, Thierry Henry. I I don't think you can have a Hall of Fame without these guys. I don't know what those guys are doing, allowing people to vote. No, oh, for- it's
3: because Giggs did the thing with his
1: <laughs> spouse, like you know. But it's <laughs> it. it, it Look, if you're looking for role models, go listen to Joel Osteen. Go listen to TED Talks. Football is—it's the working class ballet. Come on. Um.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, I'm. I'm. I i don't, i do not disagree with much. I. I, I think. Terry Henry has blood on his hands for birthing a legion of Arsenal fans is probably the reason. <laughs> um, like there are a lot of <laughs> Arsenal fans. All right, cool. Uh, let's round it up. Uh, we have a Europa League final coming up tomorrow as well as the Champions League final. Um, uh, and it's it's a make or break one here for Oleguna Solskjaer. So Winston, um you your team is getting into this one as favorites. Um is this a must win?
2: Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been in so many semifinals, and we've shown we we have the quality to get there. I think we just need a trophy, and it will really help the mentality of some of these players. Um, we've seen how um, Luke Shaw and them have responded to um, the competition in the side, and I feel it will take it up a notch if we, we add a bit of silverware to it. We could do a madness next season if we have. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If we get a trophy, we just need we need the mentality boost. A lot of these players, people like Martial, yeah, we need a mentality boost, and I think that would help.
0: Simoko, Mr. Good Evening himself, the Europa League mm-hmm. specialist. Um, do you think he's got this one?
3: Ah, um, I'm, I'm sorry for him, but this time around, like, I don't think he's getting this. I Think he's going to do a repeat of what he did with Arsenal. Like I was telling someone, like this Europa League final is a final between two teams that shouldn't be in that final. The first one, Manchester United, they should have been in the Champions League. They shouldn't have been in the Europa League. Ergo, they shouldn't have been in this final. And the second one, Villarreal, they really they really shouldn't have been in this final because I don't see them... They're not very good, I'll put it that way. They've been able to... I would say they're, they're opportunistic in a way, which is surprising for an Emery team. They can capitalize on mistakes by their opponents, but they're not very good at closing off games. They're not very good at maybe, okay, they can outplay you if you really, really suck at moving the ball around. So I just, there's not many positives for them apart from Gerard Moreno, which he might get a go here because, you know, you can outrun the United defenders or whatever. But I just don't see how Villarreal shut down, you know, United and completely those things at the back do not concede anything. And so I think they could probably be on receiving end of a a humbling defeat. But yeah, it could
0: be. No? Could be wrong. It could be. Yeah, well anything can happen. <laughs> Any, any any anything can happen. I'm a little bit yeah. short on time here. Um, but the big one is on Saturday. We do have Manchester City taking on Chelsea, um, Russian oligarchs with oil money, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um mm. and Caleb, I want your thoughts on this one. Is is this could this be finally the crowning moment for Pep Guardiola for everything that he's been slacked for? Um, is is this is this the one? Is this the perfect Aguero send-off?
1: I don't believe in fairy tale. I think football is out there to ruin a lot of fairy tales. Ask Steven Gerrard. He knows that so well, um, <laughs> I, 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 but I also do think that Manchester, Manchester City is the best club currently um, in terms of cohesiveness in, you could argue that in world football, but I can also see Chelsea having that spoiler thing going on. You know, when you've set the table and you've served the food and your three year old toddler comes and accidentally trips on the tablecloth and everything goes to shambles. Yeah. I, I think that could happen for Pep Guardiola, but even if it doesn't happen, even if it, it does happen and his moment is ruined and Kun Aguero's moment is ruined, they're still the greatest. I I don't think they they can you can take away what they've achieved outside because they failed to win the Champions League. If you ask me to pick um my heart would say Man City but my head says Chelsea so I'm going to go with Man City. I think they'll be a little bit too strong for Chelsea um barring any incidents.
2: Yeah, Winston. I can't bear Chelsea fans. I'd I really no I couldn't yeah, I think I'd rather <laughs> have Man City, but I think they're they're more they're more cohesive at the moment, and um, I think yeah, Chelsea have had a bit of bad form. We have City, City just look like a train that's just coasting, and yeah, they'll just be a bit too much for. And they wanted more. They wanted more. Possibly,
0: I think I think they mm. wanted more as well. Uh, Simoko, what does Chelsea have to do to win this one?
3: last word? Well, I think first of all, they should not start Werner in this match. They, the thing with Werner that I have right now is, of course, he's not scoring. So now there are a lot of people will be like, well, he doesn't score, but he offers a lot of other things to this team. But I don't see how those things he still offers are things that Havertz or like Ziek or whoever do not already offer or hudson Adoy. Like those guys can still offer you that. Since you're not getting the goals already from Werner, so if if City, sorry if Chelsea, can sit Werner, I think out of that one, maybe even just playing someone like Giroud, like he, you know this is the final, having someone like him can just be that, that little bit of oomph which unbalances your your opponent, and also I mean Giroud has played a lot of finals in his career, he's won a World Cup final before, so. Think he'd probably be more of an asset than Berna at the moment. So maybe yeah. that's what they can do. Kante is injured, so I don't really know what fix they have for that. Eugenio is not exactly a power of confidence. So their best bet might be might just to take the few chances that they will get. And I, I don't think Bernard is going to take those.
0: Yeah, um, like like Caleb said, his his analogy that. Uh, you could set up the table, and I don't know. I, I know City are, are, are favorites um, getting into this. It's, but then again, it's a final, and a lot of things could happen. I, I think yeah. you could have a screamer from Giroud, an acrobatic something, and mm-hmm. it just rattles the cages, and City panic. They shoot 24 shots, um, 17 on target, and no goal mm-hmm. whatsoever. Stelling misses a sitter, and you know, before you know it, <laughs>
3: telling him they're like, going to see the pitch
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's on my bingo card, he's on my, he's on my bingo card. Uh, but, uh, last, last, last question though. Um, Caleb, does this if well, you didn't think it already, if Pep Guardiola wins uh, the Champions League, does that cement him as the greatest manager of all
1: time? No, he's nowhere near being the greatest manager of all time. I, I, I think he. He he's done well in different places, but I don't think um, Pep Guardiola has has always done well with the great resources. Um, yeah. they, they they and he he it it has to work for Pep because of who he has. You can't tell me that with Kuna, Kevin De Bruyne, um, and that kind of a lineup, you struggle to win the Champions League playing against uh, Golo Canteles, Chelsea. You look at his time at Barcelona, probably one of the most gifted Barcelona teams we've seen in our time um there have been people who have done what he's done with less a guy called sir alex ferguson remember him he he did it with he, he he did it with guys like O'Shea, um wes brown guys who are nowhere near being world class um paul Scholes was the maestro in the midfield who i think has is the most underrated epl player of all time Um, I think you put him first in any Premier League team before you talk about anything else. Um, There has been Asen Wenger, who for time and time was very, very competitive with a minimal budget. Not Wenger. Come on. I I think when you talk about managers, you talk about leaders of men. Pep Guardiola (laughs) does not strike me as a leader of men. He had to get Ronaldinho out because he couldn't control the dressing room with him there. Isn't that part of leadership though? I think it's failure failure on his spot. F- Ferguson won the league with Roy Keane beating up other players in his changing room. I think that takes some doing. And t- is he the greatest? I think he it? comes in at third. He comes in at third. Um After You talk Wenger in that conversation. Bruh, no, way. No, no way. You just, <laughs> no, no, no way. My opinion. You asked for my no opinion. No,
3: I know. But wrong. like I'm, I'm just trying to understand where your opinion is, like where you're rooting it with Wenger. I can see it with Ferguson, definitely. I can see that. I can be like, you know what? You're right. If Pep has another 10 years of winning Premier Leagues like this, then maybe we could say he's definitely at the same level as as, as Ferguson.
1: But Wenger, bro. I,
3: I
0: think oh, he, needs
1: to, he needs to dominate the Premier League. Um, I'm he going, has, though. He's, like, oh, he's doing said, it right now.
0: Wenger, three out in of four years, years, he's won it. Venga in 22 years, has three league titles. But why? Two, so two ask, in the early, two in the why? early 2000s. Ask yourself uh, two, why. I don't know. Did he not have quality? He had. You say he was the best player. The EPL he was
1: competing often. with the greatest Premier League team to ever been assembled by the greatest but Premier then League get, manager ever. But
0: then I, but then again, you said that, uh, that United had and West Brown and all these cats. So clearly it wasn't that strong.
1: No, greatest teams don't speak to greatest individuals. And I think it's, it's us who need to understand that. That's where Ferguson becomes the greatest. His ability to get the best out of players who were way past their prime or who were punching up their league. There was a season when Rio Ferdinand had no business winning the league because he had a back problem training twice a week if not once, and they still manage to win the league. That speaks to Ferguson's ingenuity. What maybe it could
0: be a team. testament to to other teams being rubbish as well. Pep Guardiola
1: has four or five world mm-hmm. class players in that team. If he's not winning the league, then he's useless. F- I, Ferguson I think did unfair. not have a lot of world class players in his team, but collectively those people were amazing. And I think I'm, I'm not that's sure, the man. difference of the two oh, that's the type okay. that we create.
3: Look, I can give you four world class players that Ferguson had in his Premier League teams. Okay. Almost every every possible time. Me too. At Me too. Rio Almost Rio at every that every time went, when you won that league, for... he had four world class players. You Rio think, think went who went for a, for a, you you went for a record a record fee. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely in one team. Tevez, Bebatov, absolutely. Because Bebatov, world-class, you're joking. you
1: don't win the league. Oh, uh, you're joking. Uh, Bebatov is nowhere near world-class. I think I think what you confuse here, I think you confuse people being paid a lot of money to transfers being world-class. Absolutely, Ferdinand was one of the highest-paid defenders in the Premier League. But if he was world-class, England would have been in a better place as a team. So I don't think he was world-class. All if, right, I have a question for you. Yes. I have a question for you. Fine,
0: you're talking about world-class uh, Kevin De Bruyne and, and Aguero. Aguero leaving for Atleti coming to um, to Manchester City. Was he world-class? Not only him, but Kevin De Bruyne. When did he become world-class? Was it at Wolfsburg? David Silva, when did he become world-class? Was it at uh, Valencia? So, clearly, these people come okay. and they improve under a manager. You people like to say he's tend- <laughs> he has world-class players. when they When they become world-class players under him, there's a difference.
1: I think there's 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 a difference between players who are always going to be world class and just I think you put Kevin de anywhere he was still going to improve. I, I don't think Kun Aguero needed Pep Guardiola to be old. Awesome. I, I, I think Rio Ferdinand would not <clears throat> have been the player he was in the league without Ferguson. I also don't think Paul Scholes would have been Paul Scholes without Ferguson. I don't think Rio Ferdinand goes to any team in the league and walks in. I think Kevin De Bruyne walks into any team today. So is because this story is
0: quality. I think you need players. Here.
1: Cristiano Ronaldo, what he did at Man U and what he did when he went to Real Madrid, he was always going to improve. He had world-class written on him before he was world-class. Lionel Messi was world-class before he was world-class. The point I'm trying to make is there are guys who have got no business winning the league unless they're in a collective that's being well-run. That guy won the league with an injured Michael Owen when he went for free and Owen dilly-dallied everyone in the league and he won the league. I I don't know what you guys are thinking Owen didn't really do anything, bro. No no no. Whoa, whoa, what there were two goals that he put in in faggy time that changed the exactly. perspective of that league. What they mean is yeah. that
3: he didn't play he didn't exactly play a pivotal role in how
1: everything went. faggy didn't need anybody to play a pivotal role. He knew the right guy to pick oh, at the bro, right time. On. He didn't come on. He lost the league on goal difference. What did that? what does he do? He <laughs> buys Robin van Persie and he wins the yeah. league. I is the
0: exactly. best
3: striker. You need Van Persie to be Van Persie, so you do need people to play. <laughs> you don't need world class uh, players to
0: win the title. It's okay, man. Um, all right, quick predictions. Even Western, Leicester at uh,
3: Maris and County.
0: We say, give me a scoreline for United as well as the City game.
2: Oof. uh do not. It could go two two different ways. Oh, uh, come on! I'll I'll, I'll give my. Prediction. Because with this team, we could do, we could, we have the potential to like really screw it up, like against, uh, like we did against Leipzig, 3 you 0 know, down and in, in like thingy. But I do think we'll win. I'll go 3 1.
3: Um, United 5, Villarreal 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a, just an easy 3 0. <laughs> and anyway, I asked, okay, let me be respectful to Villarreal, okay? Three one United, and two one in the other one. I just don't know who's going to be winning that. To be honest, I, I don't I don't have full confidence that City will win it. I know they can win it, but I just don't have full confidence that they will. I think it's going to be a two one kind of game.
0: All
1: right, uh, Caleb, last one. Um, I think Man U will win that game. Three uh, one. I think Villarreal will score. Um, City will bury Chelsea I don't think they have the chutzpah as they say in Afrikaans to go through that whole process so Chelsea will crumble they don't have the engine in Kanté. so I give it Man City 3-0 I don't
0: well we will uh, talk later on uh, after, what about you this... MK <laughs> I think United will win this one 4-1 um, and I'm leaning towards Manchester City winning 2-0. So, that's that's my prediction.
2: All right, gentlemen, thank you so much, Ben, for uh, for hanging hey, with hey, me. I, I wanted to talk about the, the Conference League and Arsenal, but I uh, couldn't <laughs> qualify for that, thank you Another, <laughs> no, <end on> <laughs> another
0: time, <laughs> another time. All right, Caleb, Winston, Sims. thank you so much, guys, for hanging uh with us and uh you listener as well if you've made it this far we are the football cult podcast you're going to be hearing these voices and some uh coming shows do remember to follow us uh on social media at the football cult on twitter and on facebook as well gentlemen it has been a pleasure uh good evening